and you haven't met anyone from your family for like 70 years and now you get to see them for three days and you know you're never gonna see them again until you die. Comrade yeah. Buzinski, please right, right, come right. with me. So that's, yeah. he's literally saying Comrade G-Dragon. Yeah, Welcome to What Should I Watch? A podcast to learn about interesting and inspiring Korean TV shows, aka Korean dramas. I'm your host T, and every week I help a guest with what to watch next. What was it called again? Steel Rain. And where can you watch it? Netflix. 107.3. Easy Jazz on Netflix. Coming up next is Steel Rain. Sung by Billy Joel. Welcome. This is What Should I Watch? I'm your host, T. Thanks for tuning in. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the nighttime podcast of What Should I Watch? What if the listener is tuning in in the morning while they're driving to work? They're going to get some PM vibes from us today. It'll take them back a few hours and make them think about the PM. Like, just oh, I'm dinner. already off work. And yeah, there you go. Good life again. And... <laughs> what do I have to look forward to? I feel like a, um, like a smooth jazz, easy listening. Ooh. 107.3. Here's got Kenny G. <laughs> Foreplay. Foreplay. Bob James. I actually liked Bob James. So did I. Foreplay. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I find I like a lot of Coltrane's um, more melodic kind of ballad stuff now that I'm older. Mm. <laughs> Whereas before, that maybe I wouldn't have listened to that, you know. For some reason, I wasn't Coltrane person. I liked Miles Davis better. Yeah, I like them both. I liked Miles the first, but then uh, I f- Coltrane came next, and yeah. Anyway, how are you today? Speaking of a contrast, it's getting really hot here, or anywhere in the U.S. Really, I think we're actually one of the few areas that are not getting super hot. Yeah, we're like still mild. Lower, yeah, I heard like Arizona is kind of crazy. Texas and, apparently like, is one of the hottest places yeah, on earth oh my right God. now. Oh god. Yeah. I wouldn't go to Texas even in this winter. Or <laughs> <laughs> Florida. Yeah, Florida's. <laughs> or Georgia, Atlanta. 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 You know, I we talked about this Korean drama I'll find you on a beautiful day. It's yeah. It's really really one of my favorite. It's almost like too good. I don't want to watch it again, just on a whim, because it's so good. I want to, like, save that, you know, the feel when you watch something, you really love it. Like, I want to save that feel, so I don't want to just, like, watch it again. How, but many, how many episodes is it? That was covered in episode four. And I just, I'm realizing how stupid I was to cover that in episode four. I was just so enthusiastic to talk about the show that I like. <laughs> I really didn't know what I was doing. Not that I know what I'm doing now. But, yeah, it's such a beautiful show. And at the time, I was talking about how it's a great show, but it's kind of hard to watch. You have to really find the link. You know, you just have to know where to look for. But 
It's on Netflix now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Again, like, you know, when I say Netflix, it's U.S. Netflix. And I know, like, different countries have different copyright issues. So some shows that are available in U.S. or Korea are not available in different parts of the world. So if you're tuning in from, like, U.K. or Belgium and uh, Germany, maybe you can't watch the things that I'm saying. Like, it's available on Netflix. And, like, what? It's not here. Yeah. But... And listen, the U.S., it is on Netflix now. So I'll find you on a beautiful day. Please go ahead and watch it and check out my episode number four. It's great because it has a, it's like set in the wintertime. So a lot of snow. Mm. It's very like cool to look at it. Right. So Especially the, if you're in the hot area. So it's cool to be in that... Winter. Yeah, it makes you feel cool. Yeah. Lots of ice. I saw a preview of something pop up on Netflix, a show that, uh, a Korean show that I hadn't seen. And um, maybe that's the same one you're talking about. Maybe not, though. I can't remember the title of this one. There were a lot of things that are popping up on Netflix lately. I hadn't seen this one before, though. It was new. A new Korean show. Yeah, there's something about a mood of a show, though, that's important, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. This was so good. It's It's got a little bit of romance. It's got, like, life lessons, and it's very, like, philosophical and also very, like, you know, if you love books, this is the one for you. And I don't know. It's just really great. And it's set in, like, rural area in Korea, so... If you're dreaming about vacation, which a lot of us are, um, yeah, that's the perfect one for you. But we were talking about something that's not related to vacation, anything relaxing last week. You're talking about war. This is part two of the movie, Still Rain. It's a special episode, so I'm covering a movie instead of a Korean drama. If you don't know what we were talking about, please go back to my episode 39. And either you can listen to the whole thing, which I hope, or you can just listen to my summary. Or you can listen to this episode. And go back to 39. And I was listening to my my own episode and just I realized it's like super nerdy, <laughs> geeky. <laughs> What do you mean getting into the history of uh, like, Korea and war? Yeah, and, yeah. It's kind of bad. So, yeah, I apologize. And, you know, if you did listen to the whole episode last week, I do want to give you this virtual trophy of like, <laughs> best listener, best learner. And thank you. But I apologize. Thank you for powering through. I thought you were fine. I didn't know. I didn't, you know, you had a lot to say. You got a little carried away, I guess. So are we going to get a little carried away today also? Well, also, I kind of realized there were some spots that I... It wasn't clear that I was talking about reality or the movie. Right. So I hope that was clear enough. But I feel like that also says how realistic the movie was. Like, movie is so realistic, like, whether we're talking about movie or actual reality, it's about the same. The story was very realistic. Yeah. And how would I know that? 
Because you watched it. I did. I watched it. And you like it? Yeah, I watched it last night. I liked it a lot. I thought it was really cool. I, I was, uh, yeah, I felt, you know, I had questions. I was interested. Uh, I thought the the way that it paced itself and just the premise itself was so brilliant. Like, if you know anything about North Korea and their leader and the history of the two countries, then the scenario they put you in in this movie was, it was like something's like, oh, cool. Like, how are they going to, like, how are they going to get out of this? Like, this is so, and yeah, it was very plausible in a sense that, you know, the action took place and how it ended up. I mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to say too much, but the leader goes to South Korea. The yeah. Basically, Kim Jong-un is now <laughs> wounded by yeah. gunshots. And he, he goes to, you know, they're taking him to South Korea to be worked on. So yeah. every new character that pops into this situation, you know, they have to take like a double take. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> wait, what? Who is that? Oh, my God. That's like, because yeah. everyone knows who that is. Right, you know? yeah. You can't can't deny that so. I mean, like i said really in the last episode like just look at his belly you know who he is i mean the only it's something like castro or, or something you know you would yeah. know immediately and like wouldn't ever think them to be out of this place you know right i mean i'm gonna go on a limb and say it's almost like hitler in a way oh yeah yeah like that's probably the only you know kim jong-un is famous in such a unique way <laughs> the rocket know? man yeah, and for so many different and reasons. And he did become uh, a rocket man in the movie. Yeah, he ended up, yeah. Yeah, he is a rocket man. <laughs> we, we don't want to say too much, but yeah. Well, the people under him. Yeah, there's a, there's right. a lot a lot that I was curious about. Yeah. I actually didn't know the motive for the guy to have the coup. I understood why he had the coup and like who he had to take over, the coup d'etat who he had to like kill and how he deceived you know the agent but i don't think i ever understood why he went behind the leader's back well they kind of they talked a little bit about that. in the movie yeah like they say and i feel like the that whole coup kind of represents the korea right now yeah like it's family divided like the whole country is divided, but also within that divided country, there's division too. Right, where to know? take? Yeah, he wasn't. Like as, it's a I guess ideology. He was a, he was a more hardliner. Yeah. So he wanted like extreme action. Right. Exactly. That's what it was. That's yeah. right. So yeah, that was kind of the motivation, which because North Korea has a nuke, but Kim Jong Un or or the the fictional leader. Yeah. It's not the l- number l- one. Yeah, it's not necessarily planning to use it. Right. So it's just for show. Whereas his, him, and his crew wanted to use it and like, like we make have a it. Statement. Like, why not actually use it? Like, yeah. what's the point of just having it? Yeah, yeah. So I guess I answered my own question there. Yeah. You know, it's been a whole day. I don't even remember anything about the movie. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know, that's a good point because, like I said, like five minutes ago. You know, it's a fictional situation, but it's so realistic, the movie. And I feel like this movie proved that any imagination can become reality. Yeah. Because 
we recorded this last week, the week before last week. We yeah. were recording, and then I remember I was editing. Yeah. And I, w- I had like a TV on, and the news came in, and there was a coup in Russia. Oh, right. It was literally the day after we recorded this. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I was just talking about that last night. Yeah, not quite to the same level, but. Yeah. When the news was coming out, when it first came out, it was like, oh, sh- uh, oh, like crap, like this is going to be something. Like they're going straight towards Moscow and, you know. Yeah, I thought, oh, wow, this could be. Is it the end of the world or is this end of like Russia or like. End of Putin. What, what or is like, it? Or like vice versa. Like is Putin's yep. going to like take over the complete control of, you know, like I, I didn't always think about it and. You know, it turned out like, I mean, they said it's ended in a day, but who knows if it's actually ended or something else is actually going on in the water. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of turned into nothing at this point, but it's hard to know what really what really happened or what what might happen with that. I mean, Soviet did have a coup and that kind of ended Soviet era. Yeah. Like back in 91, 1991. Well, I think it was, what, Gorbachev? Yeah, so the coup... I mean, I feel like it's kind of a similar situation because apparently, you know, this Prigozhin group, the Wagner... The Wagner group? They're, like, very hard, like, hardcore right-wing. Some... I think I read something about how they are almost like a neo-Nazi. So... Yeah, I think, I mean, they're mercenaries, but... They are obviously pro-Russia. Right. And at the end of the day, they're always going to pretend like they're, you know, I think the whole idea behind that is that here you have a group of people that Russia or Putin can say, hey, they're an individual group. They're not Russia. Right. But when Russia needs them, they're Russian. Right. So it's just like having, a you know, mercenaries at your fingertips so you can either, you know, say they're not with you if it's convenient or you can say they are with you if it's, a, it's convenient. But as far as their ideology, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what to think. Well, Korea had a coup back in 1961. After the war. After the war and after they had a government or... Back then, I mean, they thought it was a government, but now that the history, like, now that we look at it, it wasn't, like, complete democratic government. Right. But it was, like, I mean, they were working on it, and then they had a coup, and he, the guy who led the coup, became the dictator president for five consecutive terms in Korea until, like, almost into the 80s, 1979, and he got assassinated. That's amazing. And I don't know if this is coincidence, but JFK was assassinated in 63. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That's 64, what said. 63. Yeah. Google said JFK was assa- assassinated in 63. I wasn't born yet, but yeah. <laughs> 63, 64. And it's weird because this there was a lot of stuff going on back then. You think it's some kind of uh, Illuminati kind of thing? 
Well, in America during that time, you had <laughs> Kennedy, you had Martin Luther King, you had Malcolm X, you had, I mean, there was a lot of assassinations. So there was definitely some stuff going on, and they were talking about the mob, they were talking about CIA, they were talking about other countries, it was communism. What was the climate in Korea? Why did that happen in Korea? I mean, Korea in general was like very chaotic moments, the time period. They just because, weren't established yet, right? They couldn't, yeah. they couldn't protect themselves. And I remember like my grandma telling me like how there were elections and it was like a pure bribery. I mean, that's a unique moment for someone to, you know, capitalize, right? Yeah. Those moments with, in between establishing or after a war or... Yeah. So if you're smart and you're savvy in that moment, then I guess you become president. Yep. And that lasted for how many years? 19 years? 18 years? When did that guy get assassinated? 70? Oh, he was, in, he was president for uh, 16 years. Oh, my goodness. Dictator. Yeah, and he did a lot of bad stuff, right? Yeah. He massacred a lot of citizens. And what's interesting is his daughter became president and she's in jail now and she's in jail i'm kind of <laughs> proud of korea for impeach that president without any violence without any single blood drop shed right yeah that was pretty bold yeah oh my god new york times please correct your website i looked up bak jung hee because mm-hmm. i wanted to make sure that i'm saying the right ear there was a New York Times article from like 80s. They talk about the coup in Korea. They completely spelled his name wrong. In Korean or? Like in English, like oh. phonetically, <laughs> like written English alphabet. Right. It's like Bak Chung Hee was just supposed to be like J U N G or J E O N G or something like that. It was like not even J. It's like Park C H or just com- something completely different. And I, I found that on New York Times archive. They didn't care about the Korean language back then. Oh my god. No, but it's like English alphabet. Anyone related to the New York Times, if you're listening, please tell your boss they have to correct that. Shame on you, New York Times. But anyway, let's go back to the movie. Alright. Well, after watching the movie, I was curious about the title. I think uh, it could have been a lot of things. They titled it Steel Rain. Did we talk about that last episode? What Steel Rain means? I don't think so. Um, so what does it mean? Would you have guessed what it was? I mean, there's the scene. I don't know. Like I prob- if you didn't watch the movie, like would you have guessed? Pro- probably not. I would have thought it has something to do with like nuclear, you know, Holocaust or something like that. Mm. I I think of acid rain or. Something yeah. like that, you know. Steel rain, I, I don't know. Is it missiles? Is it, you know, what is it? Is so it bullets? I, apparently you know? it's American weapon, American invention. That and sounds about right. made by Lockheed Martin. Yeah, so they're a big contractor that yeah. makes a lot of military stuff. And apparently this was made not like recently, but back when we were in Iraq. Okay. So what does it do? So it's like missile launcher. Like it can shoot a lot of missiles. I mean, uh, bullets. The way that it, they showed it in the movie is 
it launches a missile and, and then, then splits into yeah, a Yeah, when the missile of... goes to the target, before it hits the target, it breaks into a bunch of pieces and shoots right. a bunch of bullets so that it's it's like it's kind of like a buckshot for a shotgun. Right, yeah. Where you shoot a bunch of little pieces and spread it out. And it just annihilated everybody in the scene. Like, everyone was just immediately dead. So, apparently, the official name for it is Multiple Rocket Launchers. So M multiple M- R R L L. <laughs> yeah. Multiple rocket launchers. Um, but yeah, I feel like still rain is maybe Korean, North Korean specifically, their name because I don't know if South Koreans would say like still rain. They probably would say like M R L or like right the actual name something of the different product. like yeah. But North Korean Korean tend to be like more pure mm. so they don't say like if you go to Korea like South Korea they say burger but when you go to North Korea they don't say burger they and say cow no they say like um, like it means to meet between two bread something like oh. that they like describe what it is gotcha. instead of like a one word name and you find a lot of words like that in North Korea and it's I think it's partly because they're kind of like anti-America Anti-English and anti-anti-the right. capitalist, you know. Well, still, rain kind of feels like it's like assigning a different meaning. It's almost like the like you know how people talk about like the Indian name of it. Like oh yeah, yeah. You know, it has a certain feeling to it or meaning to it, or it's like it's like someone looks up and doesn't know how to describe what it is. Oh, it's a multiple rocket launcher. No, they're not saying that. They're right. Like, Steel rain is coming, you know. And in a way, it's it's uh, not a bad thing because they're using more pure Korean mm -hmm. instead of, like, something combined with, like, English or something else. Right, a borrowed word. Yeah, exactly, a borrowed word. I like that. I like that. I think that's cool. I think I mentioned this in, like, my first episode when I covered Crash Landing on You, that Cuban uh, Cuban Spanish is, like, a little different than the rest of the world, like, other South American countries or, like, Spain Spanish. And I guess Cuban Spanish is more like old school. Right. And that probably has something to do with their isolation. Yeah. It hasn't adapted. Yeah. And exactly the same in North Korea. The way they speak a lot of, like, just their nuance and the word they use is, like, very old school. And I think, like, South Korean comedians sometimes use that as, like, their comedic, like... Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it's funny, but also, like... I don't know, whenever I hear, like, North Korean words like that, it, it's funny, but also kind of makes me, like, a little... I feel a little bitter. Bitter? Yeah. Because, like, you know, like, they're the same Koreans, but right. that's how long the country has been divided. Right. You know, it just proves that the lost time. Yeah, it's a reminder. Yeah. You know, when people don't know the word for something, they tend to make up a story or whatever. Right? <laughs> that too. The you know, I don't know if this is related, but I find <laughs> my first English education was like British English. Right. I've, I'm sure I've adapted to American English now, but I know like a lot of words, like the words that are different, like from British English. And yeah, there's American. a bunch. I feel like sure. British English is more describing like exactly what it is. Yeah, there's, whereas there's like a, American English is more like indirect. Yeah, there's a specific specificity. There's a specific way in British English. They're probably more direct. 
And sometimes, like, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes. The masters of the language. <laughs> the Americans are not. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting to know about the title. Yeah. So I guess it is referring to the start, which is that scene where the rocket comes. And the North Koreans who wanted to have the coup d'etat decided that, hey, this is an American product, so they stole it. Yep. And then they shot it off, intending to blame the Americans for starting and giving all of the North Korean people a reason to hate the Americans even more. Yep. Which is obviously very plausible, very much based in reality, right? Those American imperialists, that's what they say, right? Yeah, or um, (laughs) imperialist. Yeah, that's right. You know, the guy who played the the, like special force, special agent assassinator, like North Korean assassinator. Yeah. He's in Narco Saints, which I covered with Mary. And he was really, really great in the show. I, I the really Korean like that guys in Narco yeah, Saints? Yeah, the, Kore- oh. the Korean, North Korean assassinator guy, like who comes to like South and do all the stuff. Right. Yeah, he's in Narco Saints and yeah, he's such a great actor. Nar- in Narco Saints, he's like Chinese Korean. Oh. I mean, I don't speak Chinese, so I can't really vouch for his, his Chinese, but right. it sounds really good. It sounds like he really practiced a lot and... Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, he was really good in this movie. I mean, the scene that, you know, like he's in the hospital and he like puts that like breathing tube in his own throat. Like yeah. he cut his own throat so he can like breathe and putting that like air tube. Right. He gives himself a tracheotomy. Is that what it's called? I think so. Wow. Did you go to medical school? No, I watched a lot of medical shows. <laughs> and that's always something they do in the medical show is they like, they do, I'll tell you, it's a, they do a tracheotomy with a pen. Oh, that's true. So it's like, oh, he can't breathe. Do you have a pen? And then like, oh, what do you need a pen for? What are, what are you going to do? And then they takes the pen and they take out the part and then they stab him in the neck. Oh, my gosh. And then it's like, oh, he can breathe again. You saved his life. Oh, my God. You did a trach with a pen. But that's just my knowledge from television. So I could be wrong. But yeah, so he does it with a tube I mean, on I, himself. I think they inserted that scene to show how... Like feisty, the those Koreans are like how crazy yeah. they can be. You well, know? how determined and yeah. they're like you know he doesn't care about dying. Obviously. Oh no, yeah, yeah, that guy was really good. I liked the the star though, the actor that we talked about last time, who um, who you said is kind of not he has, you don't know a lot about him. He doesn't do a lot of stuff, and so when he does come out, like people are aware, like oh hey, this guy's out. He's got a new movie out. Like you got to go watch it. So I, he definitely felt like a different kind of Korean actor, one that I hadn't seen before. Yeah, personally speaking, I don't know if he's the best actor, as in like a most artistic best acting. But yeah, I, I, I like his act. It's, it's unique. Yeah, it's unique. I mean, I don't know acting-wise, like if he's got better chops or whatever. That for me wasn't it. But I was... Very much into the character. Yeah. So I would be anxious to see him in a different role to formulate opinion about his acting skills. <laughs> but from what I saw, I mean, it's what you want, you know, in yeah. a show. You you want a guy that can carry it that you're interested in. and It was cool. 
They were a good combo because he was like very serious and the other guy was pretty funny. Yeah, the other guy is like a very kind of like a sleek South Korean. Yeah, he was measured, but also the guy who's from capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> versus this guy who's like all about like regulation army hardcore. Yeah, army kill and the South Korean serious. capitalist guys like joke and whatever and hey life is good. So did you like the ending? Oh, I don't know. I I did, but also it's I don't know. I don't think we should talk about the ending. All right, we're not going to talk about the ending. So there was a moment let's see. I think it was where the steel rain had happened. Mhm. It was some kind of con- complex like industrial complex where I think the Chinese were going to have some like talk or meeting or something like that. Isn't that where they were going to meet? Yeah, I think that scene may probably require some, like, previous knowledge. So it's called Kaesong Industrial Complex. And, again, I'm trying not to be too nerdy about this whole thing. But if you're interested in North Korea and this whole, like, communist and Cold War and all that, do look up, like, Kaesong Industrial Complex. So it's, it's sort of like its own special region in North Korea. Mm. It's definitely within the North Korea, uh, North Korea territory, but it's like a, it's kind of like a free business, not like not super free, but it's like a free business area. They let visitors come in basically, probably yeah. from what certain countries, right? So not like a lot of countries. So it started in two thousand by Hyundai, hmm. the Hyundai as you know, like the make cars and stuff. Um, and that's probably because. The founder of Hyundai is actually from North Korea. Oh. He fled his hometown, like one of many who fled town. And what year was that? I don't know what year he <laughs> fled. Or right. I mean, I can probably look up how old he was. He passed away a few years ago. But um, yeah, he's from North Korea. So he tried to do a lot of like business and he tried to like build some bridge between South Korea and North Korea. He tried to like have some kind of tourist a package to go to Gumgang Mountain, which is a really beautiful mountain in North Korea. That's awesome. Yeah, he built like a hotel for like the whole tourist package kind of thing. And I had no idea. Yeah, so he started that whole industrial complex in North Korea in 2000. So what, I mean, of course, it's not just money. So the whole, you know, government had to get involved. So in 2003, they... Open the door, and at the time we had this president who was like very left wing, and he tried to have as many conversation with North Korea, and he tried to like right. give a lot of stuff to North Korea. He was very like embracing type of president. So basically, the whole area was like a kind of co business area between South and North. And it was also, like, after North Korea had a hard time because Soviet collapsed and North Korea lost that money line or, like, help. Right. So they were, like, having a hard time in the early 90s and they tried to find a way for them to, like, make money and all that. So South Korea was like, hey, why not opening, why not creating some areas so we can use cheap labor in North Korea and North Korea can have some kind of money, like labor, like where they can, like, employment opportunity. 
yeah, so the whole complex opened, officially opened in 2004. Well, what does it do now? Does, is China, are they, are they a part of that? Can they go meet there? Do Russians go there and meet there as well? I hope. Or? So it was going well. And, you know, this Kaesong is only like 50 kilometers from Seoul. Okay. So that's like less than an hour from Seoul. Right. So it's like 30 miles from Seoul. Sure, that sounds right. So, I mean, that's like less than an hour probably if you're driving whatever normal speed, right? So it's it's like super close. You just cross that, you know, border, South-North Korean border. And, and it's, it's right, right there. there. So I was told, like, I, back in the day, people from South Korea would, like, go there. Like, you just go to work in the morning. But right. instead of being in South Korea, you actually literally cross the border every day to go to work. Right. I mean, how gotcha. crazy is that, you know? And it was going well, and then we had different government, very right-wing, very, like, hardcore, like, no commies, and, you know. So North Korea got upset. They threatened that South Korea were going to close down the industrial complex, and South Korea was probably like, oh, yeah, go ahead and do it. You're going to lose your money, you know. So there was some fight between the two countries, and now it's officially closed in 2016, so it hasn't been open for seven years? Nope. And in fact, I don't know if they the all the buildings and everything is still there. Right. But like some of the big corporations from South Korea had their factories. And I mean, in fact, I heard like they had like a convenience store and they had like Korean Bank. And right. it was pretty much like a normal, its normal own city, city kind of. Yeah. yeah. And I guess they were also planning some kind of a tourist package. Mm. So like normal South Koreans can like visit to see what like this joint business area is like right yeah crazy idea but yeah it's it hasn't happened so in the show what's happened in the in the movie what's happening is that it's been closed off right and they invite chinese company to open their business gotcha. i think in the movie it's like a, this plush the panda animal plush right company so they have like bunch of like plush dolls and so it's their opening ceremony so they invite the Chinese company, like, hey, you can use the space for your factory and because they hate South Korea, but we're going to be happy if the Chinese company wants to use the space. Right. So now that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, I guess because it was so close to Seoul, originally it was just supposed to be something between North and South Korea. Yeah. And I guess, you know, I'm sure a lot of people were hopeful that things would continue to grow from there. Right. Maybe second and third industrial complex and maybe some other, you know, more communication like that. But nope, it went super cold and nothing's been happening since 2016. Well, it worked for a few years though, right? I mean, many years. They opened it in 2003. So over 10 years it worked. Yeah. But you know that like the whole market area and crash landing on you, how people go. I mean, it, they show it here too in this movie, like in the very first scene, yeah. they go to the market area. So apparently, like the what do you call it? like overstock items from yeah. these this like factories, they would go to like a black market and they go to those like market street market in North Korea, and I heard that's how North Koreans got to know how good South Korean products are. Oh. Because all they were learning at the time was that South Korean was just as poor as North Korea. Right. Or they were brainwashed that way. 
but they were like learning like oh these cosmetics are really good and these like clothes right. are really good and like all the little tape and like mp3 little like usb stuff and you know so apparently that kesang industrial complex did something good in the long term well i think what's interesting about that for me um you know you think about i read a lot about invasions so like when the romans were you know marching their way up to germany and they kind of got stopped right at like maybe the rhine river mm-hmm. and they couldn't really penetrate germany and germany at the time was was not really a country it was like just a bunch of you know right. tribes yeah. that were but they all kind of came together to keep the romans out and what happened was okay so the romans can't go any further but they don't just turn around and go back to rome they stayed mm-hmm. there so you had you know germany on one side of the rhine and then romans on the other side and what happens is this exchange of goods exchange of ideas exchange of words and the longer you're there you know the more that stuff happens so your cultures literally change and i remember learning the word for um window in german which is das fenster ooh but, that's good but see germans didn't have windows oh really Yeah. Like it just in their architecture? Right, because they had I mean these were like mud huts that they made. Oh. Because they were again they were barbaric. they were tribes and so when they they didn't have a word for window, they didn't know what to call it. Oh. But that's how that stuff happens, you know, it just gets in. Oh. So now you've got something that the Romans made which is I I, I don't know what if it was a just a hole or if it was a glass window. I mean, I don't know what that was at that time, you know, because oh. I I don't know that much about it, but It's a similar concept here you have you know however small this complex has infiltrated the North Korean and now you're bringing products from South Korea so people are so adept at you know yeah learning about things that they they're going to pick up on that you mm-hmm. know and they're going to realize that oh maybe the things that people are telling me are not yeah are not so bad yeah. and the things that I learned about North Korea was you know thumb drives Right. Which is how they would get DVDs of shows. It wasn't DVDs because they wouldn't necessarily have a DVD player. Yeah. But they would have a laptop or a thumb drive or right. a desktop yeah. where you can stick a thumb drive in. Right. And then what was on these thumb drives? It was like all the music, documents, and like music, TV shows, and, yeah. movies, whatever culture they could put put on there. And so in the movie that I watched, you know, they bring up the North Korean kid knows about G-Dragon. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, "Oh, okay. So that reminds me of this thing I read a long time ago about how some of that stuff was, you know, seeping into the North Korean culture." Um, do you, how how believable do you think that was in that? Do you think that's do North Koreans oh, listen to G-Dragon? Uh, yeah. No, I I think it's very believable and you know, what's funny was is that the way the North Korean the agent was addressing G-Dragon in the show, in the movie because he was saying like You know, we say like a G Dragon or like a GD in short. Like a lot of people like they say GD, you know. Okay. But the way he said GD was like he, he every time he mentioned GD, he says GD comrade. <laughs> you know, like the way he was asking is like, comrade, "Hey, what about GD. this GD comrade? <laughs> What's the deal with him?" You know. Yeah, I guess that's you say it backwards too, because that's the Korean structure, language structure, right? 
I always see in like movies, it's like, oh, Comrade yeah. Pazinski, please right, right, come right. with me. So that's, yeah. he's literally saying Comrade G Dragon. Yeah, he literally says, like, <laughs> you know, this GD Comrade song, you know. That's it's hilarious. Funny. Yeah. No, but I think it's very believable because one of the famous, like, pop cultures in North Korea yeah. is like this Korean drama from like back like 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. But I think that's really popular now. So I'm sure like they don't always get like the most recent stuff in. Yeah. And maybe like the most recent stuff is a little bit too progressive for them. So Well, they wouldn't be able to relate to it necessarily. Right, exactly. So, so it's scare them off. It's or... like this kind of 20, 30 years old like a melodrama that was so popular in Korea. Closer like, probably to the, what their lives are really <laughs> I heard like, that's right? really popular right there. I forgot the title. Like it was... Oh, that's um, funny. Yeah. Maybe like a winter story or something like I actually didn't watch it personally, but yeah. So I think it's very popular. Uh, plausible but it's a, a drama about south korea right yeah it, there has nothing nothing about like south korea which is like some like romance story that happens huh. in south korea interesting yeah. so it's almost as if they're watching something that could be from any country yeah but obviously they relate to it because it's just south korea right and i think you know this is not just rumor you get this kind of information from defectors. Right. Because there are like defectors, and you know, it's not like we get hundreds of thousands every year, but right. there are defectors yeah. coming in continuously every year, at least a little bit every year, every right. month. And, and they talk to them. Yeah, they, they talk about it and Where what's you're happening. From, and what's happening in that region. Yeah. And I watched a couple of those defectors to YouTube. Uh, yeah. If you're interested, you can go to YouTube and like search uh north korean defector youtube there's a couple like famous youtubers i think uh yeah they talk about like what it's like and you know some of them has something to do with they don't want to talk about north korea they just want to talk about something their life but a couple of them like have really interesting stories and yeah they talk about their cultures in north korea what it was like and how limited and the like social differences in north korea and how desperate it is and yeah it's interesting so yeah the whole g-dragon like i think it's yeah it's very realistic in the movie that the little girl is like into g-dragon and (laughs) oh the other thing that was cool in the movie that i started to think about were the tunnels yeah they had you know all built tunnels and uh, there was like a joke he made in the car about <laughs> subways, about him being like moles or something, <laughs> like being able to dig so well, like that North Koreans like <laughs> they could do the whole like subway system or something. <laughs> yeah. So is that true? Are there a lot of tunnels? I mean, we we've seen more and more tunnels now from Mexico to America. So oh yeah, that's, hap- that's the whole... they're finding a lot more. Yeah, it's narcotic very, tunnels. Yeah. Oh my god, that's it's, true. It's, it, I didn't think about that. They figured out that that's a big reason why a lot of drugs get in, you know, is through these tunnels. Oh my god, I totally didn't think about that. Yeah. I remember the, I think probably the first time that it was kind of made fun of or talked about in like media was the show Weeds. Wow, which Gen was a Z while Cohen. back. Yeah, but they, um, but that's what they did. They had like the tunnel, and that right. was one of the things they talked about. So seeing this thing with North Korea, I was like, oh well, that's interesting. But is that true? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of tunnels, and you know, I want to believe the South Korean government discovered them all, and a couple of them are like you can visit. Yeah. And you can, like, ride a little, like, monorail and... And go in there. Yeah, and... go into the tunnel, and you have to wear, like, this 
like safety hat, like hard hat and stuff. But like, yeah, you can. They discovered some of them from like seventies and eighties, and now they're like kind of tourist spot. So you can go and ride a rail, look what it's like, and how crazy it was for North Koreans to dig. And the thing is, like the you know terrain in Korea is not like. Um, you know, it's not dirt. It's a lot of rock. Right? We're talking about what's that uh, rock? Um, granite. So it's like very hard. Hmm. So yeah, they. I mean, dug like miles and miles and kilometers and all the way down to South Korea. So like just over the last what fifty years, or were they using those during the war? No, I mean, probably like since 50s or 60s. Okay. So maybe like, I wouldn't even say like 70 years, maybe like 60, 50 years. Yeah, I was thinking they must have dug them during like the Korean War strategically. No, not like during the war. Okay, but I, afterwards. I, not that I know of. When they yeah. started to settle. It's really for spying. Right. Yeah, this secretly is way like to send get people. In. Yeah, exactly. Because we were divided and, you know, they want to send spies over to South Korea so that was really the way, and then South Korean government found, I want to say, like, all of them. So you can visit some of them, but in the movies, they talk about, like, oh, yeah, no, we, we talk more than that. You know, they're right. still, like, more usable, so that's how, you know, I don't want to give away too much, but, yeah, you see them in the movies. and. Well, yeah, that's how they... That's how the North Koreans get over there to try and cap recapture their leader, too, yeah, I yeah. guess, is the tunnels. Because suddenly they're there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because um, you mentioned GD, and I think the joke is that... The su- I don't think the subtitle said that, like translated it well in the subtitle. But um, the South Korean guy says, South Korean Cholu says, Oh, yeah, everybody knows GD. Like, if you don't know GD, you're a North Korean spy. <laughs> but that's the actual joke like it's a saying wow that's like funny. It's, it's it's an expression in korean like for example right. like you know you know everybody knows justin bieber right so like oh you don't know justin bieber are you a north korean spy like that's right. kind of like the expression in korea so like north south korean Cho was like saying like oh yeah of course i know gd like i'm not north korean spy right and then he like looks at north korean Cho is like wait are he you... actually is a North Korean spy. Yeah, and or he was saying like, "Wait, were you here before as a spy? You know, right, is that right. how you know GD? You right. know." And that's that's funny. Even in North Korea, spy knows GD. Yeah. Or his daughter does. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, and remember the scene that in the beginning, the South Korean Charu takes his kid to like fast food. Place, yeah, and the kids want to eat. Fast they're food, in that like, courtyard. Uh, yeah, food like food courtyard, yeah. and they're like, "Hey, mom never buys us fast food." Right, there? and then they're talking like, "Hey, why are you like still living apart from mom? Like, yeah, can you guys get back together? Like, right, what's the problem? Like, why can't you get together? You know, like, I feel like that's because that scene's in the beginning. And so, I feel like that's like saying foreshadowing. That's yeah, that kind of sums it's up a the metaphor. Like, yeah, exactly. Mom and dad, divorced. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about it that way, but... The divorced kids. Yeah, and you mentioned the ending, but I feel like, you know, what I said last episode, how the divided families and families from North Korea, they can't go back to their hometown. and Right. You know, that's also kind of, like, shown in the show, with this movie, between the two guys, North Korean and South Korean this Asian politician. Right. 
And, you know, I mean, the, losing your hometown is sad, but, you know, like how the whole families are united um, through the government program and all that, like, that's great. Like, but also the fact is that, you know, I mentioned how some families can't get over that sadness after you meet your family from the north. Right. Like, you think, oh, it must be so nice to meet your family again. But, you know, some of them really choose not to live anymore because the thing is, like, you haven't met your parents. You haven't met your sibling. You haven't met anyone from your family for, like, 70 years. And now you get to see them for three days. And you know you're never going to see them again until you die. Because basically the program is, like, you can't do it again. It's yeah. like once in a life, there are so many families, you can't like do it again. It's basically like torture. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's kind of shown in the movie too, between these two guys. Yeah. Like, you know, you're not going to see them again. Well, there was that scene too in the, um, where they were eating the noodles. Oh, in, yeah. In like kind of the border town. And yep. um, he asked for more and the, the woman was like oh well you must be from north korea or you must be a recent defector like we don't call that this kind <laughs> right, of right right so I she mean, just thinks the translation i didn't catch it because it was the subtitle was we don't call those skinny noodles those are skinny noodles right because <laughs> right. it's the same word but it's yeah, a different yeah, yeah. word for each one i can tell oh yeah i see what you mean but, yeah, so uh, in Korean word, they're they're calling it's like a skinny thin noodle. Yeah. So the way the North Koreans calling it is like like I said in the beginning of this episode. Like, yeah, it's different than what they the South say. Like Korean pure say. Korean word, right. like something different. But then like South Koreans have different name for it's the same meaning like skinny noodle, but it's right. a different word. So right. those shop owners like, oh, you must be a recent defector. Right. Like, South Koreans don't call it that way, you know. Well, and then she said she um, is more worried about. I guess whatever's happening. Her family. Because in the movie, like, the war is about to happen. Yeah. So, so she's worried about her uh, family in North Korea. Right. So they they kind of throw that in there. Right, yeah. And it's a moment, too, because they're both, you know, eating noodles and kind of having a moment. And then she says that, and that, that hits home with both of them, you know. Yeah, and I think it was smart for the director to shoot the scene in the noodle shop. Yeah. Which is a real noodle shop. That noodle shop is famous that for that, like border town kind of noodle. cheap noodle cool um but you know they could have gone to like tteokbokki or kimbap or any like cheap and quick like lunch option right. but noodle itself is very like more like north korean food yeah not that specific type of noodle they were eating but then that noodle shop is actually run by north korean defector from like 70s or um, 60s right so that's the actual shop and north korea is famous for their cold noodle it's a buckwheat noodle. Yeah, gotcha. Because it's a really cold area in general. Yeah. So they don't, like, eating rice is a little bit more, like, luxury than eating, like, a buckwheat noodle or something like that. So, like, naengmyeon, which in English I think it's just called cold noodle. Yeah. It's North Korean food, actually. Gotcha. So, you know, I think having noodles instead of any other quick lunch options, it's, like, a good metaphor like they're eating this somewhat north korean nostalgic food and here are two north koreans talking about families and you know what right. might happen in the peninsula korean peninsula again and so yeah that's it's kind of funny scene because like the way he's eating like you know 
you kind of feel like empathetic, but also like it's very emotional scene. Like I, I love that scene. Yeah. But I think most importantly, the main idea of this movie is, you know, I, I think the South Korean Cholo mentioned this too. He says the people of a divided nation suffer from those who want to take advantage of the situation rather than the division itself. Right. You know, it's yeah, they like repeated, repeated that. over and over yeah. by different characters. Right. And, you know, that's re- I feel like that's really the main theme and and also how how this Korean war and the current situation in Korea is really just a political like playground. Korea yeah. became the victim of Cold War and you know what happened in the history in the back then. Yeah, I mean I like that when he was doing the history lesson in the class, I like that he brought up like why was Korea divided? You know, Japan is the one that lost the Lord. They they should have been divided, but yet somehow Korea got divided, you know, because of its strategic location, you know, whatever. It was it's, you know, just under China and Russia, so maybe that's part of it, but at the end of the day there's a lot of you know, it's a very valid point and um, being stuck kind of in that situation. Then the question is, okay, you know, what happens now? I think the different scenarios are there's people in South Korea that want to reunite. There's mm-hmm. people in South Korea that want to keep it separate. There's people in North Korea that probably want to keep it together or make it come together or separate it or the extreme, you know, just take over South Korea. You know, I I don't know. So that's really what kind of the movie does a good job of bringing up. It's like, what, you know, what are the options? What do people really think we should do and why and how, and what's the best option? I think that's kind of too what I'm thinking. So what, what's your, what do you think should happen? Or does it matter what you think? I don't know. Well, last week when I said, America's kind of like frenemy to yeah. South Korea. You're like, oh, you think so? You know, frenemy. I mean, now that you watch the movie, like, I mean, it's a movie, but it's very realistic. Right. So in the movie, basically, America wants to attack first because financially, it's more beneficial to America. And China is kind of like pretend to not know about the whole situation, and they're kind of like, you know, pretend to. Like, not be involved, whereas they're actually very involved. Right. So all these countries in Japan's like, who knows what they're Japan doing. And it's it's like, you know, they act like they're allies, but really not. Everybody's just, you know, trying to look after it themselves. Right. When it comes down to it, like, it's up to... The dire situation. Like, nobody's really allies. Yeah. It's up to Korea to yeah. decide what yeah. will happen with And Korea. almost like a Korea is alone in the situation. Yeah. I, well, I think that's also the most interesting part. If the timing was right for Korea, if they had the right leader or the right people or had the right mentality or understood the gravity of the situation in the moment, then someone from Korea would have stepped up and said, no, no, this is what we're doing and this is our country and this is what we're going to fight for. This yeah. is our land. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. And to some extent, it still hasn't happened. Yep. You know, so there's no one out there, whether it's Samsung or Hyundai or Lotte. I mean, you know, no one's saying, okay, we want to do this, you know. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting in that way. 
Well, I know for a fact if the country wasn't divided, the military service wouldn't be mandatory. Yeah, mandatory, right. And that means BTS didn't have to go serve in the military. G-Dragon. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, don't if, I don't know if GD went. I think he did. I don't know. I used to like Big Bang, but I, I wasn't... He's in Big Bang, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I wasn't that big fan of Big Bang. I, I liked them <laughs> enough to listen to their music. Yeah, if, but uh, yeah, you know, all these opas, they don't have to go to military right. and you don't have to miss their, you know, whatever acting, singing, dancing sure and all that. that? Like, Maybe if they were one country, they would say, you know what, we need to protect ourselves from everyone else. I don't know. I feel like Korea could have done like, what do you call like, you just call for service like America? Not yeah, mandatory, you can sign up like if you sign want. Up. Yeah. 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 So, I... Ask you to pray for Korea's reunification for your opa. Oh, you know what? Also, there's an expression that Koreans are saying. Southern men, northern women. Oh. That's an expression. What does that mean? That means good-looking southern men. Mm -hmm. So the men or men in South Korea are good-looking. Good-looking and the women in the north. And the women in the north are really... And I think there's some truth to it. I don't know about men in South Korea. Excuse me, but uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, what do you think? You know, all the North Korean girls you see in the media, yeah. I mean, let alone like I'm sure like North Korea select certain girls to be on a TV, but yeah, they're all really pretty. Like, they all <laughs> look like they went through like hundreds of plastic surgeries where I'm sure they're like barely, you know, afford to eat something. Yeah, they just don't eat, they're all skinny. <laughs> <laughs> no, not just that, Their but complexion's like, good. no, they just look really pretty, huh? That's interesting. So I think there are some truth to it, like southern men, northern women. That's good. So if Korea is reunited, there are more pretty girls that you can see in the media. That's great. They should have like a calendar. What? Like a North Korean women calendar? <laughs> North Korean oh my God. women. They Actually, should have their own like channel. Bit. It could be like a, oh one God. of their national products, you know? Well, not just the, you know, women from on the, you see on like North Korean news and stuff, but... All the defectors yeah. that come to South Korea, I mean, they went through like horrendous time. To, right. It's not just like they can cross the border. They A lot of them go through like Chinese border and then sure. they'll like go through like month or some years of like difficult times, you know, between life and death. Right. So it's not like they had a lot to eat, take care of themselves and work out and, you know, moisturizers, none of that. But they all look just really pretty, like all the North Korean defectors. Natural beauty. Seriously. That's interesting. What's up with that? I don't think I've thought about that. Well, you probably didn't see a lot of North Korean women anyway. There's lots of parts of the world where that's true, I guess. Swedish women? Russian women? Yeah, they say that. But also, like, Venezuela kept winning the Miss World, whatever, universe. (laughs) Miss Universe, yeah. I don't know. Northern men? Swedish men? Norwegian men? Vikings? Yeah, are they the best looking? Putin? Is Putin best looking? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) See, for me, like, I could forgive it. I could forget about everything. But for me, men has to be tall. Oh, okay. Like the tall ones. That's my personal preference. Yeah, anytime you say Putin, I just have that picture of him like with his shirt off on a horse. <laughs> and he's just with drums. Super short, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do remember seeing that meme kind of thing. 
But yeah, basically, yeah, so Korea had a lot happened during the summertime for a couple of years. It's very eventful. In general, like Korea has very eventful contemporary history. So like June is Pride Month in America. Yeah. Right? Rainbows everywhere and stuff like that. And very festive and sure. happy and... Celebration. And yeah. A party and also it's summer. You're out of school. <laughs> vacation. Oh my God. Happy. Everybody happy and smile. But in Korea, June is a very somber month. Hmm. Because it's... Um, it's called like Patriots and Veterans Month. Hmm. So June, I mean, there's a, a August, but all together... June is very like somber month, and June sixth is also Korean Memorial Day. Right, so, and then the twenty fifth is and what? the twenty fifth is the War Memorial Day. So, a lot of like those sad events, you know, happens in June, and so yeah, it's completely different than what goes on in America. How's the weather in June in Korea? Ooh, hot? my favorite. It starts it's the rain. rain. Rain season. Yeah, I mean it's hot and humid and disgusting, but. I can forget about all that. It rains. rains every day. In fact, at this very moment we're recording, yeah. I just talked to my mom like two hours ago. It's yeah. starting to like pour really oh, bad. Oh, wow. I was like, oh my God, I'm jealous. You're jealous. Yeah. But what's crazy is that, you know, despite all that happened in the recent, in the past 70, 80 years, 100 years since the Japanese colonization, you know, there was nothing seven years ago in Korea, like seven l- seventy years ago. Seven nothing seventy years ago. Yeah, like literally, whole country was almost like a desert. Dirt. Yeah, dirt, and even like Japanese cut down all the trees. Right. So the, all the mountains were like bare mountains. Yeah, they destroyed the landscape. Right. They killed yeah. all the tigers. All the tigers, um, girls wore taken advantage of people died of hunger they didn't have enough food they had nothing and now when you look at korea it's like i mean there's a reason you're here recording this with me right you know so much about korea you watch all these korean movies and dramas and the listeners know all the idols that i don't even know you know right i I don't either (laughs) i don't think anyone 70 years ago would have imagined Something like this would happen in Korea, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's true. Well, um, you know, you hear stories from, like, American soldiers and how uh, oh, yeah. when they were there, there was nothing, and then they go back 20 years later or 30 years later, and there's, like, all this infrastructure, yeah. and there's airports and, you know, all that yeah. stuff, and it's so modern. And, yeah, I mean, they've really industrialized at a rapid pace and yeah. um, been able to have some, you know, build some economy. Yeah. And that's uh, that's crazy to think. I mean, they're doing better than a lot of other ones. You know, now they're trying to figure out how to obviously get jobs and for their own people. But as far as them becoming a nation to sustain themselves, you know. Yeah. They definitely rose to the occasion. Well, I think there's a term historians or like economists call what happened in Korea. And they call it like miracle of the Han River. Hmm. Because it was cool. like such a fast growth of the country. Right. And I mean, that's great. But also I feel like Korea is going through kind of like side effect, like experiencing side effect from... What's well, the ideology. 
you can't grow you can't grow that faster you can't change that right, right? yeah the mentality of the people and the culture and yeah. the ideology like they just flipped a switch and unfortunately like that's not going to work right i mean even you know i didn't think about this until somebody asked me like about the currency yeah so dollar dollar is pretty strong right now so a dollar is is not exactly thousand one it's like twelve thirteen hundred one but let's say dollar is about thousand one right but when you look at like other countries currency it's like a dollar to like maybe like you know 120 peso or like rupees or it's not in like four five digits euros right yeah Deutsche but Marks. like dollar isn't like I, I think this kind of throws off people when they watch korean dramas they talk about like oh can i just <laughs> have four billion one right I'm like what billion you know but that's maybe like four million dollars or like you know, yeah it's the currency is like huge the digits like right. five seven digits it's like normal yeah. why is that See, like, I didn't think about this, but it's because I remember, like, my grandma telling me about, like, you know, 10 cents or 10 won, something like that. Yeah. So Korea definitely had, like, small digit, like, lower digit currency like that, like $1 or right. one, one or, you know, 10 won. The economy grew so much so fast. Mm. So what, like, let's say, like, 50 cents became, like, $500 right. in like 20 years. So yeah, it's just like a normal inflation or something like that. So that 50 cents is nothing. It's right. not even like, it doesn't exist. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, and I think somebody asked me some years ago and like, you know, that the whole digits are like crazy. Like, is that why Koreans are so good at math? And I'm like, no, I don't think so because I'm not good at math. <laughs> but like that got me thinking, like I didn't think about that until that moment. Like, oh yeah. I mean, the only thing I thought about is, like, I'm I'm really bad at math. So whenever yeah. I try to think about, like, okay, what's the conversion? Like, it's too many right. digits for me to, like, think about, <laughs> like, between dollar and Korean one. But, yeah, that's really, I'm pretty sure that's why. Because economy grew so fast so right. in so little time. Well, it's it's how it stacks up to the global economy as well. Right. You know, the thing, I remember when I was younger... A similar thing they would talk about peso or a pesito in Mexico. Pesos, yeah. Mexican pesos. They had so many digits mm. because of how it stacked up against the U.S. economy that it kept getting more and more and more and more in a negative way. Right. So, like, eventually they just, the government just said, we're just going to drop all the zeros. And that's the only reason that it hasn't gotten more since then so i think that happens with economies i don't know the relationship but that reminded me of that it's interesting i have to look that up and see what that was all about but it makes sense too like all the all the stuff that america is doing right now for inflation yeah it's to keep that stuff in check right it's to say yeah. oh well we don't want this to go much higher so yeah. right now you're going to suffer a little bit yeah but in the long run it's going to make it so you're not paying you know I mean, I know it's bad. The inflation is bad when Ben and Jerry costs like $6 per pint. So $6. Although if you get it on sale at Vons. Yeah, that's how I had to like, yeah. It's about half stock off. up. I had to stock up because it was on sale. My freezer is like so full. I can't even open it. But well, yeah, I feel like Korea is kind of experiencing a lot of social economical issues right now because of the fast growth. So 
you know, there's pros and cons and of that growth and miracle of the Han River. But certainly, I'm grateful that I was born in South Korea, not in North Korea. You know, me too. Me too. (laughs) I'm glad that you were born in South Korea, and I'm glad that I was born in South Korea. Although I wasn't, never mind. Well, yeah, you had the opportunities, right? There was a recent interview from the BBC... I yeah. guess they had like somebody infiltrate the whole North Korean Chinese border area mm. and there were a couple like really brave North Koreans who volunteered for BBC interview. And apparently the majority of North Koreans are literally waiting to die with hunger. They're not surprised if they find somebody just overnight dead with dead because they don't have food. Yeah. And there are a lot more things mentioned that documentary interview and it's just oh it's hard to watch i bet yeah. but if you're interested yeah it's free and available on bbc i think you can just google bbc north korean interview and it'll come up and yeah interesting devastating sad frightening all of the above that's very interesting t thank you you know this isn't what just what should i watch this movie it's what should i watch if i want to learn more about all these things you know, when I was a kid, I used to sing this song. I think I might have learned from my grandpa or... I don't know, but I also, like, there was, like, this kid's play kind of thing. And, you know, again, I'm that generation. Still. Good game. <laughs> Good guess. So, yeah, we... There were, like, a couple kids' game, and then we sing songs that are, like, still from the back in the day. And one of the songs, now that I realized it was, like, a military song. Oh. And specifically during Korean War period. And the lyrics is kind of like the, the literally the song opens with the lyrics like, over the body of the comrades, forward and forward we go, goodbye, Nakdong River, we're moving forward. Nice. I mean, the literally first lyrics is over the body of my comrades, you know? Wow. And it was like one of the play songs as a kid. Right. I probably had no idea what it was singing. I mean, I knew it was like some kind of war-related song. Yeah. But it didn't hit me like as an adult now when I think about the song, you know? Right. And also like when you imagine yourself in this situation, like these are your friends, your colleagues, and you know, I mean, how many bodies are there on the ground and you just, you know, yeah. keep marching over. You can't think about them and they're just dead and, you know, it's life or that. There's nothing else. And, just really crazy um yeah that is it's that cruelty of the war like the president said it's in the movie war always should be the last resort you know yeah <laughs> I was thinking about that song, My Bonnie. My Bonnie lies over the ocean. My Bonnie lies over the sea. My Bonnie lies over the ocean. Bring back my Bonnie to me, to me. But when I was a kid, I thought it was My Body Lies (laughs) Over the Ocean. My body lies over the sea. That's and then bring back my body to me. That was what that's I That's very thought. like a Stephen Crane. Yeah. 
but I couldn't imagine actually singing a song like where you're talking about stepping over somebody's body. That's kind of scary. But there's a like a little bit happier song related to the war or something like that. Billy Joel sang this song, We Didn't Start the Fire. Oh, yeah. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning. It was always burning. Blah, 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 blah. And he mentions Sigmund Rhee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, that was the president during the Korean War. Oh. Which is why he's in that lyrics. That's good. There's a lot of lyrics to that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's surprising. Yeah. Does he pronounce it right? In the yeah. Sigmund Rhee. No, that's good. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad you enjoy the movie Still Rain. And you recommend the movie, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, very entertaining. Very good acting. Some good action. Um, I mean, it's suspenseful, too, in the sense that you don't know what's going to happen, but um, it makes you think. And it's not like, it's not like life or death serious feeling, right? right. You know, it's not like it could have super, gone that that right. way, and it didn't. It's it's very, I think the one South Korean guy keeps it pretty light, and oh, you, yeah. you realize that oh wait, this you know these guys are gonna work together and figure this out, and right? It's just cool to think. I mean, it was just cool. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and I think what's cool about that movie is that. If you don't care about war and all the like action stuff, like you know, typical war movie like bombing and all yeah. that stuff, there there's enough for you to enjoy in terms of like how the two like South Korean North Korean they they communicate and right. a lot of like. Well, it know. doesn't feel like a war movie. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not. Yeah. You know, it's not like battles and strategy and generals and all that stuff. It's right. more. It's more like uh, these two people are just kind of on a mission. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they're they're both trying to figure out. It's more like a spy movie in a sense. Oh yeah, that's yeah. You know, that's a good where these way to two put guys it. are like trying to figure out, make sure they trust each other, and then when they figure out they got to work together, you know, then who can they trust, and then what the plan is, and um, yeah. so yeah, that maybe is why it's more like, you know, it brings you in that way. Right. It's not like Dunkirk or something where you're just no. like, oh yeah. yeah, let's go to war now and. Go through all those emotions. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that's what's unique about this movie. Still Rain. What was it called again? Still Rain. And where can you watch it? Netflix. Oh, thank you. 107.3. Easy Jazz on Netflix. Coming up next is Steel Rain. Sung by Billy Joel. <laughs> I think it's time for you to go. <laughs> That's my outro. Thank you for joining after your long work trip, plus still lingering sickness. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks for recommending this movie. This worked out really well. I was yeah. glad I was able to watch it. And now I'm going to have to go back and listen to episode four to see what show you were talking about, because that is also now on Netflix. I'll find you on a beautiful day. There you go. Well, thank you. All right, thank you. Bye, T.
진저구는무지르고서꽃니처럼떨어져감저누야잘자라우거진수프를해치면서앞으로앞으로추풍령아잘있